0: Hello, friends, and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian author and speaker. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. Our first podcast in our estrangement series, we discussed gaslighting about what it is and its impact on relationships. Our second episode, we discussed the mishandling of the word narcissist. And our third episode, we discussed marriage and relationships. So make sure you check out these episodes as we continue to examine why we are experiencing this new phenomenon with family estrangements. Our culture has not seen anything like this in our society before, so it is important that we take a serious look at why this is happening it is a frightening and disheartening trend before we get started with today's message about emotions i wanted to respond to a correction noticed by one of my subscribed listeners about the role of the wife in our last episode i said that wives were supposed to love and respect their husbands but the correction of the reading of the scripture in ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23 reads that wives are supposed to respect their husbands. It is the husband who is specifically called to love their wives. Okay, so let's break this down a bit. Since the word love is not explicit for wives to love their husbands, the absence of the word should not imply wives shouldn't love their husbands. It is clearly an assumption, considering love is mentioned throughout the Bible, such as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragment offering and sacrifice to God. And my personal favorite found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, used in the majority of weddings today, of a description of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I believe one reason husbands are commanded to love their wives is to emphasize the importance love has in his leadership role and responsibilities as headship of the family. Just in the same way God requires wives to respect their husbands is an act and demonstration of love. And let's face it, we all need these reminders throughout our marriage. Since our focus last week was about what is required to have a successful marriage, love, respect, and mutual submission, today we are going to review the emotional vulnerabilities that allows the devil to come in after us through the mindset of our emotions, such as anger, anxiety, depression, fear, unforgiveness, and our stubborn ego. The devil will use these negative emotions to drive divisions in families, causing family estrangements. Now, family was once considered a permanent relationship. The belief of once family, always family has changed, There are no perfect relationships, and family members can make immature mistakes that cause misunderstandings, but our current culture is encouraging a zero-tolerance reaction to end these once-permanent relationships. The psychology of zero-tolerance no longer allows conflicting values, beliefs, differing personality types, or opposing worldviews of politics. Removed from these relationships are communication, empathy, conflict resolutions, compassion, and forgiveness. Relationships are important for a civil society to exist. Zero tolerance should never be a standard for relationships. Zero tolerance is zero forgiveness. As parents and grandparents, we must understand the potential hidden dangers within our family's emotional health. When God is removed from the family, we look to government and pop culture to guide our core values. The secular humanism world of subjective feelings allows the devil to entice you to trust the wrong leadership, all in order to deceive and blind you with the ultimate goal to divide the family and to separate us from God. Now, let's look at an article by Dr. Luis Rojas Marcos about the devastating state of stress, anxiety, and depression affecting our children. One in five children have mental health problems. There has been a 43% increase in diagnosed ADHD, a 37% increase in adolescent depression, and a 200% increase in the suicide rates in children aged 10 to 14, the devil has a stronghold in our mental and emotional state of mind. And what is influencing this? The consequences of divorce, inconsistent messaging by parents, digital distractions such as autonomous use of cell phones, gaming, videos, TikToks, reels, streamings, etc. How many parents will establish and implement clearly defined rules and boundaries with these devices? And parents, you have to include yourself in establishing and implementing clearly defined rules and boundaries with these devices. Do you have any downtime away from digital distractions? Are you allowing your children to be bored and to discover self-soothing techniques away from technology? My husband and I went out to dinner last night and noticed the number of young children. And there was one as young as maybe nine months old glued to a digital screen. Now I understand the challenges of dining with children, but turning them into digital zombies is not the same thing as teaching children how to behave at a restaurant. This is lazy parenting and unknown are the unintended consequences of not allowing children to be bored or disciplined. But let's get back to emotions. Let's take a look at the emotion of anger. Anger is a necessary emotion and human survival depends on it. Anger can energize us, lead us to problem solving, protects our values and beliefs. It drives us towards our goals and can be a driving force towards positive outcomes. It is not anger that gets us into trouble. It is how we react to it. And Jesus said, in your anger, do not sin. And that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. We even see in the Bible that Jesus got angry. It is what we do with our anger that makes it a sin. If we lash out or allow anger to fester within us, this is when anger becomes a sin. It has the ability to hurt us and to hurt others. Medical science has proven prolonged anger can have severe consequences to your physical health. But here's the thing about anger. It does not have intellect. Anger comes from our thoughts. Do you know what typically follows anger? Judgment follows anger, and it is in the hypocrisy of judgment that Jesus disliked the most. We see this in Matthew chapter 7 as Jesus despised the hypocrisy and injustice when people judged others. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And that's Matthew 7, 1 through 2. Whether it is our thoughts or desires, it is challenging not to sin in anger, as it is a part of our human nature. Before you react in anger, you need to answer this question. Is it worth losing your peace of mind, your job, or a friend? Now, depression is another emotion that allows the devil to gain a stronghold on your health. Now, depression includes fear, anger, anxiety, and despair. And there are many reasons why people get depressed, and I'm not here to discuss depression from a clinical point of view. Depression is very real and can be caused by chemical imbalances. This can only be determined by a medical doctor and should be pursued but what causes depression? A simple explanation is the brain chemistry that gets out of whack. Is it due to fear, anxiety, stress, traumatic events, or some or all of the above? All play a part in the role of anxiety and depression. But it is through a discovery by neuroscientist Dr. Andrew Newberg called SPECT, which is a brain imaging technology and it stands for Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography. Now, his research studies blood flow within the brain. When there is a deficiency of blood in an area of the brain, this causes an imbalance, which impacts the conscious, subconscious, motor skills, body function, emotions, self-control, and memory. His discovery through science and technology shows the only way to fully engage the entire brain is through meditative prayer. To quote Dr. Newberg, our research provides the link between religion and health. By understanding how the brain works during certain religious experiences and practices, such as meditation and prayer, we can understand how religion affects psychological and physical health. For example, our model of brain activity during meditation indicates that there may be very demonstrable reasons why people who frequently practice meditation experience lower blood pressure, lower heart rates, decreased anxiety, and decreased depression. This scientifically demonstrates how transformative the power of prayer has on our psychological and physical health. Since God has been removed from our schools, public squares, and culture, our children are experiencing anxiety and depression at very high and alarming rates. We continue to see the benefits of how meditation plays a substantial role in helping troubled kids. Schools are replacing detention centers with meditative yoga. Schools are seeing improvements in children who have different types of behavioral problems, and these schools are expanding their programs to include all students. Another study involving seven scientists from Cambridge and Oxford University in the UK, who studied electronic records of over 1.28 million cases of COVID 19, unexpectedly discovered the natural regeneration of the brain through movement and meditative prayer. Both provides a balance of more blood flow to the heart, lungs, and brain. Even doing simple activities of walking, shopping, and household chores is enough to keep our body moving. The power of prayer goes beyond science and beyond human wisdom. As science progresses, these discoveries can all be found in the Bible. Since we know more children are taking pharmaceutical drugs to control anxiety and depression as young as child age three, how many of these kids would benefit more from learning self-control over their mindset of emotions? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And that's Psalm chapter 118, verse 8. The power of prayer is evident throughout the Bible, and prayer was the most important part of Jesus's everyday life. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. The prayer Jesus taught them is the same prayer we pray today, known as the Lord's Prayer. And we are to say this prayer every day, just as Jesus taught his disciples to pray this daily. And Jesus said, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. We should not minimize the effects of anxiety. As it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 to 34, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Emotions depend on our thoughts and mindset. The number one cause of anger, fear, depression, anxiety, and shame results from sin either your sin or sin caused by others. Sometimes we cover up our emotions by overeating, overdrinking, drug use, or other unhealthy lifestyle habits. Our emotions are based upon our past, our present, and our future. Our past can include painful experiences and traumas. Our present is happening today, and our future engages with the fearful unknowns of tomorrow. Keep in mind, the devil will replay these emotions in your mind on auto-replay. If this is happening to you, you are being held hostage by your emotions. Just think about it. If your thoughts keep reliving hurtful events from your past, your thoughts are holding you hostage. The devil wants you to feed on these emotions, and he does this by keeping you stuck in a place where you cannot see a way out. Sin becomes the master of your mind, your body, and soul. You can try to medicate it. You can ignore it. You can mask it. You can even blame others for it. But if you hold on to it and keep replaying it in your mind, you become a slave to it. And let's face it, life is unfair. But with this sense of unfairness and fear, others will use it to control you. As President John Adams once said, fear is the foundation of most governments. Why? Because there is great power in the exploitation of fear. Now that we understand anger, anxiety, and depression— How do we rid ourselves of this struggle and pain? The solution is simple, but how many will be willing to let go of their emotional strongholds? The first thing we must do is to rid ourselves of the emotional crutches that have been instilled in us through culture, social media, and ill-trained psychologists. We cannot blame our traumas on others and expect healing this only creates a sense of victimhood, self-pity, and weakness. You must understand and accept that the idea of the self cannot heal itself. If it could, we wouldn't have anxiety and depression. So this hype of my truth and the self is the savior is the deception the devil truly wants you to believe. We must acknowledge and understand there will be grievances and unjustified condemnations. You have the choice to either hold on to the sin or to have peace. Happiness is a choice. It doesn't happen automatically. Sin is a choice. Reaction to anger is a choice. Holding on to bitterness is a choice. There is no other way to get rid of anger, resentment, bitterness, anxiety, depression, other than to go outside of yourself to discover healing. The only way to do this is through God. And Jesus Christ shed his blood and died on the cross to absorb our sin. All we have to do is to be willing to submit our will to him. Ask for forgiveness, be willing to change our behaviors that created our mindsets and give it all to God. This is the grace and mercy God provides every one of us when we call upon Him. The way to rid ourselves of allowing sin to be the master of our thought life is to understand God wants to take away our fears, anger, bitterness, depression, anxiety, and He wants us to cast them all on to Him. You see, It is a choice. If we wait to feel better, we will never achieve it on our own. We must make a conscious decision to let it go and to give it all to Christ. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Evil brings suffering. And when you get to a point where you are tired of the pain of fear, when you are tired of the pain of anxiety and depression, and when you get tired of the pain of anger, Satan will try to keep you from calling out to God, God. Remove Satan by asking God for his help. In James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wait. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. This is the first step of mastering your thought life. And this is where I was in August of 2020 when I gave my life to Christ. And for those who have not read my book, God's Chosen Helper, I suffer from a neurological anxiety disorder. And prior to giving my life to Christ, I suffered a lifetime of panic attacks. Since I gave my burdens and anxieties to God, I have not had one panic attack. While there is still no cure for this disorder, my anxiety is under control and I no longer worry. I am pharmaceutically drug-free. I gave everything to Christ. It was through the love of Christ that changed my heart, my mindset, and soul. I made a choice to give my life to Christ and I have never regretted it. You have the power to do the same. It is a choice, and the choice begins with you. Well, I know this was a longer podcast, but the information is so good and needed in this world today. Just knowing you don't have to do life on your own anymore, and there is a God who loves you, who wants to have a relationship with you, is greater than any magic pill or false promises made by false teachers. I pray for your healing and ask God to grant you His grace, His mercy, and peace through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our estrangement series will continue with our next podcast, where we will learn about God's love and the power of forgiveness. In the meantime, reach out and leave your comments below, and don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. I pray you will have a God week, and may you receive God's favor of healing and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.